A warm welcome to all our listeners. This is part of the podcast of Reflections from Budapest, Religion, State and Society, where we look at issues of religious conflict, religious violence and reconciliation. In our current research titled Attacks on Christian Communities and Institutions, we are undertaking fieldwork in a number of countries in the EU, Middle East and in Africa. Our research in Poland has been completed and we will travel to Iraqi Kurdistan in March. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Mr. David Curry, who was the CEO of Open Doors USA and is currently the president and CEO of Global Christian Relief, which is headquartered in California. This is the second of two parts of our discussion with Mr. Curry. In the first part, we discussed the history and the work of Open Doors USA and Global Christian Relief, as well as an overview of the situation of Christians in Europe, the Middle East, and East Africa. Now we turn to the situation of Christians, communities in specific countries in the Middle East and in East Africa. My name is Sharon Sugar. I am a researcher at the Danube Institute. Let me introduce my colleagues, Professor Jeffrey Kaplan, a distinguished fellow at the Danube Institute, and Vira Glörinz, a researcher at the Danube Institute. Thank you for joining us again, Mr. David Curry. To begin, can you tell our listeners generally What, in your view, does the future hold for the Christian communities in the Middle East and in East Africa? Well, as we address in the first segment, there's been a mass exodus of Christians from the Middle East, largely driven by violence, not entirely all ISIS-related violence, but the the extremism which has been cultivated through madrasas uh, for the last 50, 60 or more years. Uh, those pockets of extremism still exist. And so Christians have faced persecution, they faced discrimination, they faced violence in the Middle East, and there's been a mass exodus. That doesn't mean that that uh, Christian communities aren't still present or even strong in some areas. You certainly have a strong church in Egypt, both Coptic, uh, Orthodox, and, uh, and uh, Protestant, other places as well. Uh, but I think this... The exodus, a part of our strategy is how do we stop the exodus? How do you build communities that can sustain and be present in the Middle East? And that's a big open question. The most well-publicized issue involves the various Christian communities in Egypt. Can you share with our listeners what specific threats these communities face? Well, there's a uh, there was a recent uh, Wednesday, there was a, another kidnapping of Egyptian believers as they were traveling to Libya. So these kinds of incidents, you know, the sort of uh, high-level public incidents do happen where you have an execution uh, of Christians by extremists. I think the greater embedded problems are, are theologies that are taught in the uh, mosques about Christians that, uh, you know, some of them pretty outlandish, that they drink blood, they they miscommunicate about about uh, the theology of Christian faith. And because there's not a lot of knowledge about it, those things have taken root. And so it, what it leads to is micro you know, incidents where Christians' uh, businesses or Christian students, uh, so many stories, but just a few, you know, where Christian students are, are in school are, are really discriminated against uh, by the teachers themselves, not allowed to, to participate or given bad grades or you know these kinds of things just because they're christians it's happening it happens on a regular basis it's sort of embedded within the textbooks in egypt and elsewhere there still exists uh language that 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 
you know, sort of promotes discrimination of, of Christians and other religious minorities. It's it's a it's a deal. This this has been brought up to the governments, all these sorts of things, and of course they they're slow to react. And it's not just in Egypt, but elsewhere across the Middle East, textbooks, other things, these kinds of things which are embedded in the culture, which are bringing discrimination to Christian minorities and other minorities. As a follow-up question, I'm wondering what can be done to ameliorate their situation? I think you have to, it's a multifaceted uh, approach. I think you have to address these things at academic levels, at the at the civil society levels, that churches, churches, mosques, uh, synagogues should be sacred places which are protected by civil society. And that means like the police in these areas should protect sacred spaces so that people could come and worship without being feared of being attacked, shot, bombed, etc. And uh, that's not happening right now. And that that's why people are often afraid to go to church. I've been in church in Egypt, maybe some of you have, uh, where, you know, the, 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 the church itself has to hire guards to protect it and and it's questionable as to what what effectiveness that would have so i think civil you have to address it where you encourage promote demand that that the civil society protects sacred places regardless of what that would be i think i mentioned academic the academic level where there there's a there needs to be a, a calling out of these kinds of issues which are happening around the world. I think it's it, it's it is a cultural issue, at a, a, uh, writ large, and I think you know it's going to take a take a, a lot of issue, a lot of ways to ameliorate it, as as you would say. The as we noted in the first segment, the situation in Africa is very complex, and it's reaching the point of being a crisis. So let me um, ask in focus about one particular area, which is the Sudan and South Sudan. Can you talk a little bit about the situation of Christians there and in really in both what are now countries most recently? Well, there this is this is an interesting case um, because it it there's obviously religious issues here where Christians you know are considered infidels by some groups. But the areas in which they live, the the Nuba Mountains and other places, uh, the, the there was there was for a long time a focus on it because of the natural resources there, mm-hmm. and so the government was trying to move these Christians on, and the justification of it was that they were Christians, but really what they wanted was to get their hands on that property, uh, for the natural resources, and so. You can't exactly say that it's only about faith because it is it is uh, at least in part about faith, but it's also about these other things, which is, you know, as you all know from your research, it, there it's never just one thing. Mm-hmm. They had there have been some improvement in the last couple of years where you've had, you know, the repealing of apostasy laws and blasphemy laws, but it's embedded in the culture still. I was reading of a case yesterday where um, there was a, a, a person who was from a Muslim background who read a Bible and uh, studied, decided that he believed it and wanted to be a, a practicing Christian. When his family found out, they tried to take matters into their own hands as if 
there were the apostasy laws were still in effect, which is what I call blasphemy laws, and they're in place in Pakistan and other places around the world. Give give the it's like a vigilante justice. It's a justification for anything anybody wants to do to somebody else because they have offended their sensibility around Islam, and it's it's outrageous. Well, this guy's on the run. I mean, he's you know we're trying to help him, but. Um, you know, he can't go back to his home. His own family feels justified to kill him. Uh, that's Sedan. That's Sedan. But there are Christian churches there, and sometimes mm-hmm. they can practice. And, you know, so, I mean, it, it's a it's a wide variety of things there. I am more hopeful than I was six years ago about Sedan. I really am. But I still think we have to keep it real that there's a lot going on there. Is South Sudan in something of the same situation because the tribes were very heavily Christianized to begin with, the the Nilotic tribes, the Dinka, the Nuer, the Shiluk, et cetera? Some of the boundary issues still exist, which I think put, uh, you know, if you, you sounds like you know more about the area than I do, but that some of the, you know, when, when all of that was split up, they, they as, as is the case in the Middle East, they never put the boundary lines where they, so, so those those tribal those tribal issues are still going to remain. Uh, the the territorial issues still remain. I think mm-hmm. there's been improvement, obviously, yeah. But I don't think it's you. You're not going to see a complete resolution of that anytime soon. Just as a final follow up, there was some talk. This was some years ago when the Darfur genocide and the Janjaweed were first taking the field and first beginning that a lot of that obviously was about resources and not religion, but it quickly turned to religion and it became a a focus of violence that we'd seen nothing like in East Africa. Do you have any knowledge of that area or any reports from that area currently because the situation is becoming more acute um, quite recently? I, I don't know enough about Darfur to really speak to it, but what you reference is is familiar. Um, the in the sense that right now in um, in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, you have a same the same sort of thing. There, it it there is a violence against Christians, but the overlay is all the other violence that's going on. Mm-hmm. And and it's tribal. It's 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 a they're attacking Christians, but they're really just caught in the crossfire of all of of a government and a situation where there's a collapse of civil society. And so uh, that may still be happening in Darfur, but to be honest with you, Jeffrey, I just don't know enough about to speak. Um, to that subject. Okay, thank you. Since the civil war, there have been a number of developments in Lebanon. And it is also a country which not only established Christian parties, but also Christian militias. Do Lebanese Christians face the same kind of threats and challenges as Christian communities in other countries in the Middle East? Well, they, they face a lot of challenges. I was meeting with some influential folks from Lebanon just last week, and uh, there are any number of issues going on in Lebanon. I think it's obviously a, a point of strength that they have a, a strong, dedicated Christian community. And I met with some of the Marianite uh, folks and and others there, great, wonderful people. Um, and they want to practice their faith peacefully. Uh, so I think there is a, a kind of a, a 
a, a kind of a protection, but you still have great pressure on the church there. Politically, the government is obviously in disarray, and that that makes for a kind of a free-for-all. And Lebanon has some actors uh, there, some bad actors in the community, which, which are always looking for um, a way to put pressure on the Christian community and other elements. Let me ask now a question that's more controversial, perhaps, which is with the situation that's going on now in Israel, is especially after the election, there has been an, a huge rise in violence between Muslims and Jews um, to the extent that it's being called the beginning, almost the beginning of a third intifada. But we're also getting scattered reports of Jewish attacks on Christians and Christian cemeteries, um, Christian institutions. This is very controversial, especially in the U.S., but do, can you speak a little bit to this? And where is this situ what is causing this and where is the situation going? You're not giving me any easy questions, are you? You know, it wouldn't trying, be any fun if we did that. To make it hard. We've got to keep our listeners interested. This is show business, you know. I just think you know a lot of these. You know, yeah. I mean, you're you're right. These are complicated, uh, you know, uh, issues here where you have Christians in Israel. Interestingly, I mean, the, I think the toughest place uh, to be a Christian in Israel would be to be a Palestinian Christian. Mm -hmm. Those people, God bless them. Uh, I met so many of them. They love the Lord, their faith strong, and they are persecuted, discriminated against, and hassled from every side. So it it happens. I think you know there, as you say, it's controversial insofar as people have drawn battle lines here. They're either all for Israel, there can do no wrong, or they're on the other side. Uh, the reality is there is persecution of Christians that 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 that, that uh, support for Israel does not mean that you can't draw out these kinds of things. I know less about uh, some of the various attacks that you uh, talk uh, mentioned, Muslims, Jews, etc., than I do about some of the issues with the Palestinian Christians. So I won't address all of it, except to say it is it is happening. It is real. And um, I'm sympathetic to the pressure that Israel's under, but I'm also I also think we that doesn't mean that uh, we have we have to overlook in injustice on any level to any group, whether it be Palestinian Muslims or in particular, as I said, Christians. These these are uh, Christian groups, which are you know I think uh, being put in a tight spot. So I'm not trying to dance around the issue. I just don't know enough about all that's going on but i do know about about that that one niche of christian palestinian christians is very difficult yeah and that's that's really more what i was referring to and it's it's very close to home because i took my wife to bethlehem for christmas and she got to see cray we got to see christmas there and in they heard a lot of stories of what was going on there between the Israelis and the Palestinian Christians, and in some cases, um, Muslims and Palestinian Christians. Although that is, yeah. that's much less um, of a considered to be a threat at this at this point than what's going on with the um, 
with the Israelis themselves. It doesn't in our in the World Watch research in the past. It hasn't risen to the level that it is in the top fifty, but True. we it it is it is measurable and it is significant. And sometimes, the with any sort of research, it it always it, it has less to do with the severity and simply the, the numbers of of incidents. So it might not rise up into the top 50, the Palestinian Christian issue, because there there isn't enough of them to to, uh, you know, to sort of move the needle. But it's severe, significant issue and it's it's entrenched and it's uh, it's hard to know how to resolve it. If I knew how to resolve uh, the Palestinian Israel issue. Trust me, I, w- I wouldn't be on this podcast and I wouldn't have this job. I'd be in Washington, D.C. or someplace. Yeah. And the Nobel Prize would be yours in perpetuity. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm not going to pretend to know more than I do about it, but man, it's a significant issue. Finally, I know it's a hard last question, but do you see any resolution on the horizon that could end this conflict? You know what? Would, uh, this is going to sound like a Pollyanna answer, but I'm going to give it anyway because it's what I believe. I think if people actually lived their faith mm-hmm. <laughs> and stop making it about uh, trying to get some sort of political advantage for their niche group, I think a lot of this goes away. Mm-hmm. I think if Christians were were living the words of Christ, I think if if uh, Muslims understood and and practiced their their faith peacefully. Uh, where you see, I, I've got, I have some some imams that are friends of mine, who are some of the most loving people I know, and who are just as puzzled by what happens amongst their extremist groups as I am. And Muslim to Muslim persecution, which you guys know well, Sharia against Sunni, Shia against uh, Sunni. So I mean, it's it is. That comes down to people who have taken their faith, which is meant for spiritual development and improvement, and politicized it and metastasized it into a cancer, which in some parts is deadly. It's part of the human it's history, obviously. But I think I think it's important that people practice their faith and uh, live it. Live it. It's a challenge for sure. But uh, I think that's that's where you start. That's an excellent answer and a really good way to end. Thank you very much. End on a hopeful note, which we rarely do. So it's excellent. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time and answering all our hard questions. Stay tuned for the upcoming podcast featuring distinguished guests from Hungary and abroad. Thank you.